Hey everybody, just want to make sure that you know about an event that's coming up, the Mom Boss 5K on Sunday, May 20th. It's a 5K run or walk, and you actually don't have to be a mom to be able to participate in it. There's going to be the race, and then after in the Hutton House, there'll be a really beautiful event with a donut bar, a coffee bar, yogurt bar, and some other great vendors. I'm going to be out there with the podcast, and we'll be doing some special recordings, and it's all to benefit Sheridan's story. So I will put the link in the show notes of how you can sign up, and if you're there, make sure you stop by and say hi. where we gather at the table to hear each other's stories. I'm your host, Angie Smith, and I am so glad that you're here. Please pull up a chair and join us. Welcome to the Retreat House Podcast. My name is Callie Waite, and I have the privilege of interviewing your regular host, Angie Smith, for her birthday episode. Yay! Yay! This is so weird to invite you to your own table. Is that weird at all? (laughs) Not with you. Not with me. Okay, good. Phew. (laughs) I love it. I'm so excited to just chat with you today and provide an opportunity for your listeners to get to know you better. I have had the privilege of knowing you for the past four or five years, which I'm so grateful for. Um, In an earlier podcast, we talked a little bit about that, but so grateful for your friendship and the safe place that you are for me to be myself. All the good, funny parts of that and all the kind of yucky, icky parts of that as well. Mm -hmm. The hard parts. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So have enjoyed our friendship and there's so many fun things about you (laughs) that I'm excited for your (laughs) listeners to learn about as well. Some things that you just discovered about me as (laughs) well coming over to my house. (laughs) I know. You guys, I came over this morning and um, Angie had a bunch of Ziploc baggies that were drying. She had washed them Mm -hmm. out and dried them. Mm -hmm. So we had to have a conversation about that habit that she has. I'm a Ziploc bag washer. So that's a thing. It is a thing. Like (laughs) people are... Or they aren't. Or they aren't. (laughs) I am not a Ziploc bag washer. However, you know what I am is a Ziploc cheap Ziploc bag purchaser. Oh, see, I'm not. I want the good ones. Right. And we buy the like knockoff brands. Mm -hmm. So those aren't really worth saving partly. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they're hard to wash. They are hard to wash. Um, I've tried. (laughs) (laughs) Of course you've tried. Oh my goodness. I love it. Okay. So what else do we need to know about you? Tell us a little bit about where you grew up, your siblings, your parents. I want to hear all that. I grew up in Stillwater, Minnesota, which is the birthplace of Minnesota. Oh, I and didn't know that. Yeah, that's where the pap- that's where the paperwork was signed for Minnesota to become a state. There's a little placard mm-hmm. on, down on Main Street on oh, the yeah. corner. Yep, <laughs> tell us. No, nope, yeah. tell me. Yep, on the corner of Myrtle and Main. Oh yeah, yeah, southwest corner. I think it is. I'm gonna have to check that out next so, time. Okay, I think I'm pretty sure there's one there. Okay. And I am the youngest of four girls. I have three older sisters. They are 10, 9, and five and a half years older than me. My two oldest sisters are biologically my half sisters. Uh, but I was like 12 or th- and they have a different la- they had a different last name than me. But when I was like 12 or 13, one of my friends who also had half siblings said, "Oh, well, they're my half sisters, like like your half sisters." And I was like, "They are not." My half sisters. <laughs> they are whole sisters. I was so indignant and I went home. And my mom was like, their last name is different, Angie. 
But we just we grew up as sisters, so right. Um, so they look di- a little different than mm-hmm. me. They've got brown hair. Oh. My sister, um, who's fully biologically my sister, um, and I are blondes. And so. like basically twins. Yeah, everyone's so similar. <laughs> yeah. That happens a lot to us growing up in a small town. Oh, I'm sure. That I always, her name's Ellie. I always got called Ellie. And then it was, it tasted really sweet when she went to Northwestern after I had gone there. And then people would call <gasps> her Angie. Yeah. Or they'd be like, are you Angie's sister instead yeah. of are you Ellie's sister? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that was fun. That is very fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I grew up in Stillwater and graduated from Stillwater High School. Yeah, my family actually has been in Minnesota since 1846, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah, my two times great-grandfather came over. So, yeah, we don't need to go into my Well, I want to know, now I want to know, where did he come over from? (laughs) He came over from, let's see, I had one that came over from Bavaria and one that came over from somewhere in Germany. It wasn't Germany at the time, but as the story goes, he had, there was a war and he had fled to Switzerland during the war so he wouldn't get drafted. Came back, there was another war, and then he left. And actually came in at New Orleans and then came up the Mississippi River, up the St. Croix River, and ended up oh, yeah. in the Stillwater Lake Elmo area. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. I love that you've done that research. I well, my grandma did. I think my, it's amazing. Yeah. That was a st- like a family story that was told. The folklore that's been mm-hmm. passed down. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. I love it. Okay, so you grew up there, went to high school there. Yep. What did you do after high school? So I graduated in 92. I grew up going to church. But for me, it was... Uh, I, I knew God kind of like, you know, the president. I know Ooh. who he is. I know who his kids are. But I don't know him personally. And... The year after I graduated from high school, it was I didn't I didn't go to I didn't go on to college right away. I had thought about going to community college and just didn't. I worked part time and lived at home. I call it my loser year. <laughs> lived in your parents' basement. I, yeah. Well, no. <laughs> oh wait, yeah, I did. That's where my bedroom was. Anyway, um, but then came to know came to an understanding that I could know God, and then. Once that happened, that was May of 93. Once that happened, then that kind of changed the that and someone saying to me, you are more than this. You're more than working part time and living in your parents' basement. Hmm. There's more in you. You need to do something productive. And so I applied to some different places and ended up getting in at Northwestern College at the time. And then I started there at the spring of 94 Started out as a ministry major because I was a Christian, and so I had to be a missionary. Well, of course. (laughs) Yeah. And then changed to biblical studies, and then I took a speech class. Was it that I took a speech class? I can't remember. I think maybe I took a communications class. A friend of mine was on student government, and we had to go into chapel, or they were, student government was leading chapel. Oh, yeah. Because chapel is required. And... We were lip syncing to some really cool, like, DC Talk song or something. (laughs) And I remember being backstage and feeling really, really nervous. And then I thought, if the more fun I have with it, the more fun the people watching watching will have with it. And so I went out on stage, and that was it. I changed my major to communications with a speech and drama emphasis. 
And so that's what I graduated with. And really stepped into your calling. (laughs) (laughs) Of drama. A flair for the dramatic, (laughs) which I love. We're kindred spirits in that. Mm -hmm. Love that, love that. Okay, so then what did you do after? Well, what were your favorite things about your time at Northwestern? Are there any like key moments that stick out? Yeah, there are a few. Uh, We had a speaker in chapel once describe it as a spiritual rainforest mm-hmm. where just there's so much growth and people talk about the bubble too, which is totally true. You get onto that campus mm-hmm, and yeah. it's easy to kind of disconnect from the rest of the world. But for me, that was helpful and learning a lot about, about who God is and really formative in my faith. And I have friendships that were cultivated there that people who I still call friend, good friends, the kind of friends that you cannot see them for years, and then you see them and you pick up. Yeah, right where you left off. Yeah, yep. exactly. And it wasn't perfect. I mean, there were things that Northwestern had, you know, did wrong mm-hmm. when I was there. But the the ways that I grew, I think, are the things that I remember more. And we, you know, we did stupid stuff, you know, to practical jokes oh, yeah. and yeah. Did you fill the fountain with bubbles? No, we didn't. Oh, man. I mean, no. I didn't, but somebody did when I was a student there. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly, it was. Um, like playing tricks on our brother oh, hall, yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. Uh, taking the shredded paper from the offices, and then like putting it down the hall, or putting saran wrap across the doorway, and then stuffing the shredded paper within. So when they open the door, then all the shredded paper fell on them. That's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had we had lots of hanging sardines. So when oh, they gross. walk, yeah, when they walk out, like you get hit by a sardine in the face with the sardine. Yeah. What they do back? Uh not. Not too terribly much that I remember. I don't remember that. I just remember what we did. You were far more brilliant than them anyway, so that's probably why. <laughs> or vicious, however you want to look at it. They the were one... more Christian, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you graduated from Northwestern. What mm-hmm. year was that? I graduated from Northwestern in 98. And then what did you do after you graduated? Yeah, the year after I graduated from college was, it was an interesting blend of, okay, so I've been in this spiritual rainforest, this bubble, and now I'm coming, you know, back into the real world and trying to, how do I take my faith and live in the real world with it? Mm -hmm. And that first year was not super successful with that. Um, It's hard. It's really hard. I had some great friends that I was rooming with that year, but I had a hard time finding a church and I was working, I was, I was working full time and not living at home. Um, so it wasn't a loser year. Then. No, no, no. <laughs> so just trying to figure out what I was going to do and who I was. And I found myself really latching on to whatever people around me were doing. Like, oh, I'm doing the officer training. Oh, maybe I should be, you know, do the military. And then a friend was going to grad school out in Colorado. Oh, maybe I should do grad school. And But always there was a lot of fear, too, because I being a drama major, I had people then that picked up and went off oh, yeah. to L.A. or went off to grad school. And and it's been really fun to watch them have success in that of field, course, too. Yeah. But I think it was really fear that kept me from stepping out into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I remember, I think it was when I was at Northwestern, going to Women of Faith, Lucy Swindoll was speaking. And I remember feeling like God was kind of saying to me, you're going to do that someday. Hmm. And in the hubris of my youth, I was like, bring it on. Like, <laughs> I'm so ready for that. And now, I mean, not at that level or anything, but now when opportunities come up to teach or to speak, now I feel like, really, are you sure? Because I'm not sure I'm ready or prepared. So mm-hmm. I have the <laughs> the better knowledge of 
oh, that is risky. And I don't yeah. know all the things like I thought I had. And yet it's so cool because that's something, a desire, a gifting that God kind of sparked in you. And now it is coming to fruition. You are not Lucy Swindoll yet. Mm-hmm. It might and I'm someday. Not, I, and I never will be Lucy Swindoll. Well, that's. I'll true. always be Angie Smith. You will always the Minnesota be Minnesota Angie. Angie Smith. Right. Not the. <laughs> Nashville. Nashville. I did not write Seamless. <laughs> no, you didn't write a Bible study. Not yet. No. Maybe someday. You never we'll know. See. Mm-hmm. I know, but I love that. I love that that's something that he kind of stirred in you there. And now there's some opportunities to step into that. And just, it looks different than maybe you had mm-hmm. anticipated being on the Women of Faith stage. Um, but still, <laughs> which is fine. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Absolutely. Great. Okay, so at what point in this did you meet your husband? I met Todd. Okay, graduated in 98. And I met Todd in June of 99. Okay. Some friends of mine from college, one of them was going away to do, there was a band she was going to work with. And so a bunch of us were getting together for dinner and we went to, down on St. Anthony, Maine, to Sophia's, I think it was called. Anyway, so, um, and a couple of them were going to Church of the Open Door and said, some guys that are in the singles group that we're in are going to come and meet us. And we're like, okay, cool, fine. I was house sitting at the time and the people I was house sitting for said, if you want to have people over, do that. And so we went over to where I was house-sitting, and yeah, yeah, our impressions of each other weren't that great. Um, but like the first time you met, because yeah, you met each other, he came that to the night, house. Yeah. Okay. And Okay, wait, he, time out. Mm-hmm. What was your first impression of him then? I Well, like physically, I thought he was cute. Okay. But okay, so it was still of the time of jeans and chambray blue shirts. Like the the denim tuxedo? <laughs> yes, okay, just exactly. Checking. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he and another guy were both wearing, were wearing that kind of similar outfit. Both had short brown curly hair. Uh, Todd is taller than the other guy, but I ended up and the, like both attractive. Right. But I called Todd by this other guy's name and he, I'm Todd. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Whatever. And I was not even on his radar at all. And in the, just a couple other little interactions, and I was like, he's such a jerk. <laughs> but I liked everybody else. And so, and since I hadn't found a church, I ended up going to Church of the Open Door and getting involved in this group. And then we became friends. So how long from that moment when you met him until you guys were married? Uh, we get- met in June of 99, and we got married in February of 01. Oh, so, I mean, that's relatively fast from mm-hmm. not really thinking he was a jerk to <laughs> yeah. walking down the aisle. Yeah. When you don't know, it's yeah. kind of like infertility. Like when you don't know when something's going to come, it Absolutely. feels like it could be forever. Now looking back, yeah, that's kind of pretty quick, actually. Yeah, maybe, year and a half. I don't know. <laughs> it's been it's been quicker. Yeah, for some people. Yeah. So, but that's just your guys' story. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. our story. All right. So, tell me your first couple years of marriage. How did they go? What did you think of each other? Good, bad, ugly? Yeah. It. it I don't remember. A lot of having trouble with the way he folded towels or whatever. Actually, I remember being very conscious of, because I grew up in a house where there was a right way and a wrong way to do things. At least that's the way that I was perceiving it. And there was stuff behind it. Like, we had tried other ways. This was the best way. But I received it as right and wrong. Mm -hmm. And so there was a right way to fold the towels and there was a wrong way to fold the towels. But when I was going into marriage, I was like, if I'm going to be grateful if he folds the towels. Just at all. Yeah, Just fold the all. towels and I'll be happy. Right. Um, so you really set the bar low. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we, 
Yeah, so we got married in February, and then we actually moved into in November of that same year. So we were house hunting, and you know, you're, they I think they say don't do that <laughs> in your first year of marriage, yeah, but we did. It worked for you. Is yeah. that that the house that you're in currently now? Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Yep. So we've been here for over 16 years. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. And my dad. So I, ever I think everybody who's listened to the podcast knows that my mom passed away in '09, mm-hmm. and my but my dad still lives in the house that they moved into after they got married. Oh, so, that's really sweet. Yeah, I, I mean, when we moved here, I thought, oh well, we're not leaving unless we leave the state. Then this we're is not it. moving. Yeah, this is it. Okay, mm-hmm. so then what was it about this area or this house that drew you to it? You were like, this is where we're gonna raise our family. Well, we wanted to be in a. We didn't have children, but we wanted to be in a good school district. Todd works, so we wanted to be near his work. He didn't want to have a long commute. It's a great location to be able to access either of the cities. And and I am not a city girl. I'm not a country girl. I'm a suburban girl. And that's just... You can own that. That's great. Maybe I'd be fine in a small town. I mean, Stillwater, when I grew up, there was a small town. I've talked a little bit about that we struggled with infertility and miscarriages and trying to, you know build our family. How quickly after you were married did you decide you wanted to start trying to have a family? We were going to wait for two years, which we did, and then it took another 20 months to get pregnant. Okay. Successfully to get pregnant with Charlie, who's our oldest. Okay. And then how many years are between Charlie and your youngest? Three. Three years and 11 days, actually. Three years and 11 days. So their birthdays are very close to each other. Um, And then we lost... Three in between. I think we had three. So in between Charlie and Ben, there were three miscarriages. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's a lot Mm -hmm. in a really short span of time. Yeah. And I think another one, I think I had another one right before I got pregnant with Ben. Wow. Yeah. So just super grateful for Charlie, but really wanting him to have a sibling and Mm -hmm. really wanting more children and not really sure if we were going to be able to. We were doing infertility treatment, and Ben is actually, we got pregnant naturally, and it was after we had stopped all of our treatment. By then, they figured out what was wrong, and so then we could deal with that. Maybe my body would think that the baby's a foreign object. My blood would clot, and then it would basically kill the baby, Wow! and that's why I was having miscarriages. So with Ben, then we figured out that if I gave myself a shot of blood thinner every day, then I could carry him and was able to although they were both born six weeks early yeah (laughs) that's a whole nother podcast about infertility and what it does to your identity as a woman and all right well let's do that one (laughs) i think that would be fabulous i think i think the older that i get the more i realize how common infertility is Mm -hmm. i mean when you're little you just think you have babies and they just yeah you get up get married and have yeah and have babies and they Mm -hmm. come and now i have so many friends that have struggled with that and it's part of their story and a painful part of their story Mm -hmm. so i just think it's so uh neat that you're willing to share that part of it because it can be really really painful and there's so much loss in that i know Mm -hmm. um, but so many ways yes there's lots of loss and it's it comes up still at funny times, with mm. which I think is common for grief. Yeah. Um, but I also saw it also allowed for God to show up in a lot of ways. Yeah. Too. Yeah. And I learned a lot about him and about myself. That was when I first started to learn how controlling I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about that part of your personality then, right? Let's highlight that. <laughs> what about that made you feel like I you were like grasping for control? Because I had none in it. Mm, yeah. I mean, there was nothing 
I could eat right. I could, you know, there were things that I could do, but ultimately it was out of my control. And even now, I mean, we've got two healthy boys Mm -hmm. and they are out of my control and their well-being is somewhat in my control. But I mean, they're at school now. You know what I mean? So there is a certain amount of surrender and trusting that goes with letting them get on the school bus in the morning. That's such a huge part of the motherhood journey, like Mm -hmm. all parts of it. The beginning, the conception, the attempt at conception, Mm -hmm. the carrying the baby. And then once they're in this world, it doesn't change. No. (laughs) Why did nobody tell me that? (laughs) Well, I think even if someone did, you wouldn't wouldn't hear it in the same way as when you're experiencing it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I heard somebody say once it's once you have a a child that's like you're a part of your heart is like walking around mm-hmm. in the world and I was like that is it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a part of my heart is walking around in the world and I I don't have control over it. Mm-mm. No. And that sounds like a sweet thing to say right. when you don't have children and then when right. your heart is actually outside yeah. of you walking around in the world. It's a whole other It's almost a little terrible. Yeah. There are days when my husband and I say like let's win the lottery. Mm-hmm. This is the only way we could sustain this dream <laughs> and just stay at home together all the time. Travel, be together. Because mm-hmm. th- there's something so vulnerable about sending that out into the world. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, man. Okay, that's another podcast. Yeah. But something that we have to do. I mean, right. We've been absolutely. talking about, I've been talking about this a lot with other moms about there's a time in parenting of protecting and there's and then parenting is also about preparing mm-hmm. yeah, and your launching. children. Mm-hmm. Yes, launching them. Yeah, my oldest is 13. And, you know, five years from now, I'm going to be preparing for him to graduate from high school. That's insane. Yeah, it is insane. So, yeah, wanting to make sure he's well prepared for the world he's going to live in. Absolutely. I know. Ooh, that feels like a heavy responsibility. And yet, what a cool responsibility, (laughs) the things that you get to do. Well, a privilege to get a front row seat to it. Yeah. And I would imagine, maybe I'm speaking out of turn, but that your journey of infertility has maybe given you a different perspective on that, that it took what it took to bring you Charlie Mm -hmm. and Ben. And so just the preciousness of that maybe is a little. Yeah. Yes. I think it also brings a certain amount of guilt when things Mm -hmm. aren't going well. I remember early on thinking, oh, I don't get to have bad days because I should just be grateful that I have children. And that's not true. I had bad days. It was okay to be frustrated. It was okay to not want to be with them for, you know, a half hour or, you know, to have someone come and watch them, that was okay. And actually good. Oh, my word. Yes. That's maybe one of the best things I read about motherhood. Um, There was a writer that I was reading and she was saying something about how, you know, people say like, oh, it's precious. The days Days are are long long, and the years are short. The years are short and you have to enjoy every moment. And she's like, no, you don't have to enjoy every moment. (laughs) I'm going to try and enjoy 15 minutes. Let's let's (laughs) let's go for 15 minutes today because it can be hard and Mm -hmm. it can be challenging and stretching and exhausting. And Mm -hmm. that's okay that it is those things. That Mm -hmm. doesn't make you. That's just a part of it. Right. It doesn't make you love your kids less or love motherhood less. It just means that it's hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. Uh, Tell me about how you guys have gotten involved in this community and your church community. What are the things that you guys like to do for fun as a family? We love our neighborhood and we've got the best neighbors and we live on a road that's not a through street. So kids literally play in the street. That's so great. Yeah, it's so fun. Uh, And the neighborhood has seen a change of people that raise their children and have grandchildren. And now some of them are here or some of them are moving away and younger families are coming in. So 
It's been really fun to see the changes in the neighborhood, and it's been a really great place to raise our boys. Um, I I really have a heart for our neighborhood. Mm. Uh, And last fall when we went to If Lead and we had gotten the the Prince of Minnesota with them with our city name across it. And I got mine from Shoreview and I just remember getting it and crying because yes, like this is my, this is my mission field. Like this is, these are my neighbors that I'm going to serve. This is, I can do that. Mm -hmm. I can serve the people in my neighborhood. You know, if if I think about the world and the big, it it feels too overwhelming, Mm -hmm. but to stay in the small so Absolutely. yes, so we love our neighbors and spend time now that it's spring again. Finally, <laughs> we're seeing our neighbors more. Um, that is such a Minnesota thing. Oh. You don't see your neighbors all winter, and Mm-mm. then all of a sudden, everyone comes out. <laughs> or there's like the wave from the window, yeah. or when, when you're you don't shoveling, stop too long. No, it's too cold. <laughs> right. But then once it's nice out, you stop mm-hmm. and talk and catch up on the last six months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and talk about the weather. Right, exactly. How beautiful it is now. So the things that we like to do as a family, we'll play games. Uh, the So I'm uh, only female in my house. And you are outnumbered. I am, which gives me greater appreciation for my dad, mm. who was outnumbered when oh, I was yeah, growing poor up. poor girls. Mm-hmm. I think his role may have been a little bit more difficult <laughs> than mine. Um, Todd and the boys like to play video games, mm-hmm. so I try. Do you play? Uh, I would play the Lego games, like Lego Star Wars, Lego oh, Indiana okay. Jones. Those I was obsessed with those for a little while, That's so I'd play hilarious. those with the boys. But now they're getting into games that I'm not really into. I still try to listen. So that's what they will do together a lot. Um, I love planning getaways for us to get mm. up to the North Shore or to go on family vacations. We've got family here, so we, which I completely take for granted that mm-hmm. our family is so close. So we get to see family fairly often as well. Yeah, we're usually just kind of home hanging out. It's not mm-hmm. like we're intent. I, it's probably somewhere something that I felt like we should be more intentional about doing mm. this or that. But, but just sometimes we're together. just here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is good. Just that time mm-hmm. of togetherness is. Okay, so now I want to transition into some of your favorite things. Okay. Mm hmm. Favorite TV show? I mean, well, Downton Abbey is a favorite, and that's could, what I would have guessed for you. Yeah, I could rewatch it. Most British dramas, like mystery drama, I really like. Yeah, mm-hmm. or that I'll get like binge watch a show on Netflix. Do you have a favorite movie? That's a little harder because there's so many different. There are genres, so many good movies. Maybe a couple of favorite movies. I really like, okay, well, I loved the Wonder Woman movie because. I've I've never seen it, but I've heard it's good. Oh my gosh. It's so good. Okay. I have to see it. And I, when I was like 10 for Christmas one year, I got Wonder Woman (laughs) underoos and wanted to be Wonder Woman. And my friend and I played Wonder Woman. There are movies that I could watch over and over. Chick flicks, Mm -hmm. rom-coms that I could watch again and again. Okay. What's one that you watch again and again? I like How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. That's a good one. I saw 13 going on 30 oh, on my 30th birthday. Oh. So that was kind of fun. I love yeah. that movie. Those but then I like the Jane Austen, you know, yeah. Persuasion, Pride and Prejudice. Emma. Sense and Sensibility, oh, Emma. Yeah. Those are all good, mm-hmm. too. Yep, I like those. Okay, what is your favorite food to eat? If you could eat anything for the rest of your life, what would you pick? So I'm realizing lately that I'm addicted to sugar. Oh, yeah. And it's birthday month in our house. Mm-hmm. So the boys have birthdays in April. Mine's in May. 
And so there's been a lot of cake around and cake frosting. And mm. that is just my downfall. Do like, you make your own cake frosting? No. Just like out of the can? No, no, no. Like in the store when you buy a cake. Oh, like got a it. Cub. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really, it's the cub frosting. <laughs> it's the whipped cub frosting. And they put it on their donuts too. And it's different than other places. It's so... It's so sugary. <laughs> so good. I couldn't eat that forever, though. Like, I'd go into sugar shock. But you love it. But I do love it. I love steak. I love grilled mm. food. Really, anything on the grill. Yeah. Anything grilled. I might even eat. I'm not a mushroom fan. Oh, I right. might even eat a mushroom if it was off the grill. Oh, yeah. For sure. That is another Minnesota thing. Like, grill season is a thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You can't do Well, we could do it year-round, but it's not pleasant. No, not at <laughs> Winter. all. Not at all. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have a favorite musician? Or type of music you like to listen to? Not really. There, I mean, if you looked at, on my phone mm-hmm. at the music that I listen to, you'd be like, random. I mean, there's the new Christy Minstrels that my mom would play oh when goodness. we were cleaning the house. And there's Run Collective and In Vogue and U2 and just all different kinds of, all different kinds of things. I love that, though. Do you feel like you're, the music that you like is because you like the music or there's a memory associated with the music like you said cleaning your cleaning oh, house, house with your mom I think a lot of times it's the memories that's attached or I'm not really great with lyrics of songs oh. and so constantly we'll sing the wrong oh, lyrics yeah. like mm-hmm. the Rolling Stones Beast of Burden I thought it, <laughs> I thought it was Big Suburban well that was close yeah Super and I don't close. know if it's because my friend's parents had a Suburban I'm not sure but yeah uh, do you have a favorite color? Blue. Blue was your favorite color. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite place that you visited? Well, last week's episode was all about the North Shore, mm-hmm. which I can yes. visit again and again and yep. again and do. And doing that podcast was actually like, I need to go to the North Shore. Oh, yeah. Go there. In the spring. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, so for my 40th birthday, I went with two of my sisters and my aunt to Ireland, Scotland, and England for 15 oh, days. Man. Yeah, that was. And actually, we left April 25th. And so, like, <gasps> I would have. Like four memories. years Yeah, four years ago. So, those are all my Facebook memories that are yes. popping up, which is very fun. So, I'd love to go back to Scotland. I'd like to go back to all three eventually. <laughs> yeah, I think you should. But there was something about being in Scotland that was similar to the feeling I have on the North Shore of. Mm. This exhale and like yeah. I belong here and rest, mm-hmm. peaceful. I loved it. What do you think it is about those two places that elicit that feeling in you? I don't know what it is about the North Shore exactly. It's it probably is the all the different kinds of memories of mm-hmm. going up there through the years, and because it's so beautiful, and I've made so many memories up there, going with girlfriends or family members or just our family. But I think that was because I like ancestry. The fact that I have mm. ancestors from Ireland, Scotland, Ireland and Scotland, not England. But then I love all things British. So I, I think that's why I like those places. And part of the reason we went to those places was so that we could go to where our ancestors mm. came from. So yeah. we went to Skibbereen, Ireland, which is where my two or three times great-grandfather was born. So we walked on the road that he was born. That's so cool. Yeah, and to think he left during the potato famine and just what life was like. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole... Trying to you, just imagine it. Yeah, like if you watch the show Finding Your Roots or mm-hmm. Who Do You Think You Are? Oh, yeah, yeah. When somebody finds out family history, everything that people had to go through so that I could be here where mm-hmm. I am today. Like, 
I just thought that's really cool. cool. One, to be there with your family members, right. to be with your sisters and mm-hmm. your aunt. And that is really, really cool. Yeah. That's very cool. Do you have a favorite birthday memory from growing up? So my mom and dad always had a, there's a group that they were involved in and they always had their state convention thing right around the time of my birthday. Mm-hmm. So very often they were around my birthday, they were gone for like the actual day. You were abandoned. Yeah. That's what it felt like. I'm not bitter. <laughs> Have you been going to therapy for that? <laughs> uh, I remember having birthday parties that then my sisters, because they're so much older than I am, mm-hmm. would put on. Yeah, I remember having a birthday party once where we had to run back and forth and we were supposed to sit on balloons and burst the balloons. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I had to get a pinch squisher because <laughs> I was afraid to sit on the balloon. I don't know if it was the noise or I thought it would hurt or so... Yeah, just and and then being having a birthday in May, you never know what the weather's going to be like. It could be really nice out. It could right. be really cruddy out. You could get so, snow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And five years ago, we did get snow on my birthday. Isn't that cool? So it's kind of crazy. So I always thought that was kind of a nasty time of year to have a, a birthday. birthday. Great time of year to have a baby, though. But, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Um, so you don't have any specific favorite birthday memories. Have you had any specific birthday memories with your boys now that you have children or traditions that you've done with them? Uh, Traditions that I've done with them, they get to pick because their birthdays are 11 days apart. There's, and my, actually my oldest two sisters are 11 days apart. Oh, wow. And so they always, they would always groan about having to do things together. Their birthday parties were together. Everything was together because it was so close. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I've tried to be cautious about that. Mm-hmm. And so I've given the boys options of this is your budget for your party. If you want to pool your assets and have a bigger thing, we can do that and go somewhere. And so for a lot of years, actually, up until this year, they decided to do things together. Um, so they would have joint friend parties. But now my oldest is 13, so it's time to It's not to so do cool to thing. share with yeah. your little brother. So what are things fine. they like to do together when they would have they pool their money so they we did a Nerf War birthday oh. party at church. We rented out a room at church and just let them go. Yeah, bought six hundred Nerf darts oh my and goodness. yeah, and they and safety glasses and they just kind of went all out on each other. That's like a dream. Yeah, it was fun. I played Star Wars music and it had a disco ball in the room. It was very that's it was amazing. A lot of fun. Uh, in the recent years, I started putting up a big door sign when they go to bed the night before. I'll go in and put big posters up everywhere that say happy birthday and make a special breakfast. Mm -hmm. So then we have a family party, friend parties. So do you do both every year? They get a family party and a friend party? Yes. Oh, so Mm -hmm. fun. So how do you split them up? Or like when do you do them? Do you try and do them like on their actual birthday? No. No. Mm Mm-mm. This year it worked out. Ben had an orchestra concert on his birthday. Oh. So when people came to the orchestra concert, then they came over for cake after. On Charlie's birthday, he wanted deep dish pizza. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we went out. And then last minute I was like, if anyone wants to join us, come and join us. And a few people, a few, oh, few family members were, like, were able to Where join us. Where did you us. go get deep dish pizza? Devani's. Oh. He had had, we went to Lou Malnati's in Chicago when we were down there over spring break. And so that was where that was inspired from. But he there's really not wanted a, it. Yeah. There's not a Lou Melnati's here. There there's a Giordano, Giordano's, which is a Chicago pizza place. The other really good one is Pezzo's, maybe, in downtown oh, White Bear. Bear. 
I haven't been there, but I've heard it's good. It's delightful. I highly recommend it. <laughs> you are the food person. That would be a good. I we could do a whole well, food podcast. We could do that too. <laughs> mm, I'm hungry. Um, okay. So what are you going to do for your birthday this year? For my birthday this year, I've well, I used to do a family party for just the boys. And this year we're putting it all together, all three of us on one day. This episode of the podcast is actually coming out on my birthday, which is why I thought, oh, let's do a birthday episode. I know. I love it. Yeah. So one of the things I think is fun about, I guess, and this would be a memory from growing up, when I was in grade school, when it was your birthday, you could bring in a treat Mm -hmm. for everybody. And I loved the giving to other people on my birthday. I thought that was kind of a fun way to celebrate. And so I went back to some of the people that have been on the podcast and said, I'm going to do this birthday celebration and I want to do some giveaways. And so they, and I was like, do you, is there anything you want to do? And they all, mo- all said, yes. That's so amazing. Yes. I'm okay. so excited. So some of the things that we're going to be giving away are Tanya Larson, who came on to talk about art journaling. Oh, She's yeah. going to do an art piece. Uh, Joe Saxton is giving a signed copy of The Dream of You, her newest oh, book, which is so it. good. So good. Yes. Agreed. And then Stephanie Page, who was on in the fall, and she has Stories Cafe. They have the Stories Foundation, which is all about raising money to fight human trafficking. They are giving a mug, a shirt, and some truck bucks. They have a food truck yeah. now, so they'll be in different places around the Twin What's Cities. What's the name of the food truck again? Do you remember? Stories. Is that I what it's, it's called? just the Stories Food truck. Food truck. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then she's also a Noonday ambassador, and so she'll be giving some jewelry and a gift card. And then Melissa Larson, who was on in the fall as well with telling her story about Vineworks, where um, I have a metal Minnesota wall. Like, wall painting. art? Yeah, oh, wall great. Art. So, yes. So I'm oh, so excited. So and then I'm working on some retreat house stuff. So, Yay. Like, retreat house merch? Yes. Oh, yep. man. I'm so excited for so, some. Yeah merch. So hopefully I'll have a, a couple Yay. of those things to give away. So if people want to be entered. Yeah, how do they the, enter? Yeah. Go to the retreathousemn.com website under birthday giveaway and fill out the form and answer the questions on there. How do you retreat? Is it a place? Is it a practice? And if you were to use the hashtag celebrate weird to describe something about yourself, what would that be? Oh, fun. I love it. I love it. All right. So as we wrap up, Let's have you answer those last two questions. I know you've done it in different times, but today, if you were to answer them, how do you retreat? Is it a place? Is it a practice? It is, well, as I've talked about, the North Shore is mm-hmm. a place where I go that I feel I feel at rest. Making, being intentional about rhythms that I have mm-hmm. is something I need to do, I would want, I want to be better at. Just sitting after everybody gets off to school and work sitting with my cup of tea in my chair by the table and looking out the window. And now that it's nicer out to sit outside Mm. with my cup of tea and to be still and quiet Mm -hmm. is good for me because I'm, uh, Nina Barnes said it once, stopping long enough for your soul to, stopping your body long enough for your soul to catch up. Mm. And I I don't do that well. I want to be better, be better at that. Yeah, absolutely. None of us do that well, I don't think. <laughs> Very few of us. Hmm. All right. And if you would use the hashtag celebrate weird, how would you use it? Mm, there's some, well, I wash my Ziploc bags, <laughs> which is apparently <laughs> something you would say was okay to use for that. 
Um, God, there's just I just feel weird and awkward a lot. <laughs> And you are hardly weird and awkward. I, but I say things and then I'm like, oh, Angie, stop talking. And then I'm continuing to talk. So I feel, yeah, that's why I wanted to ask the question because I feel weird and awkward a lot of the time. I like to break out into song. So as much as I don't listen to music a lot, there are things like the the inappropriate oh, rap, rap music yep. yeah, mm-hmm. usually come up when someone says something and then that makes me think of a song like somebody being internationally known oh and yeah. they're known to rock the microphone yes yeah absolutely. that is where i go mm-hmm. so yeah randomly singing inappropriate Not, rap songs yeah mm-hmm. yeah you know set apart concert, <laughs> committee meetings but whatever but that's what we love about <laughs> yeah. you or like when i worked in the church office honestly i would i would be telling a story that in context was not inappropriate but this, uh, there was one pastor that would always walk in at the wrong time, and what I said sounded wildly <laughs> inappropriate. inappropriate. <laughs> and it kept happening. <laughs> mm, I bet he thought real highly yeah. of you. <laughs> thought it was so very oh, weird. That's so funny. Oh, my goodness. I've had so much fun sitting at the table with you and getting to hear more of your story and who you are and your heart. I think anybody who has listened to the Retreat House podcast more than once just knows that you have a heart for bringing people together, for letting people share their story, for stepping into what God has called you. And as your friend, it has been a privilege to watch you walk along this journey of Retreat House and to step into this calling into something that you are just really, really good at and gifted at and have pulled together some really beautiful stories from other people and given them an opportunity to share them and then allowed God to work in that and to see how connections are made. And it's been so fun to just kind of watch uh, from the sidelines and cheer you on. Uh, And I'm grateful to be here today and help facilitate uh, your listeners getting to know you more. So thanks for having me. Well, thank you. Thank you. It's been such a privilege to do the podcast. And part of it came out of that I realized I know such interesting people and I know so many people with such interesting stories. You do. That, yeah, to give them, to make space for them to tell their stories yeah, and then to have them trust me to tell their story well has been, yeah, yeah. it's been a privilege and yeah, I'm not stopping anytime soon. I think I call you maybe like every other week and I'm like, okay, so I just listened to the podcast. We have to debrief <laughs> right. uh, because you do uh, have a lot of interesting people that you know and you've done a great job of uh, showcasing them and their stories and done it really in an honoring way. It's it's so good. Thank you. It's very fun. So thanks. Well, Happy thanks birthday. For, thank you. And thanks for taking over the podcast today. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Retreat House podcast. Any links mentioned in the show can be found in the show notes. We want to thank Isaac Turley for his music at the beginning and end of the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, and we'll see you next week on the Retreat House podcast. Thank you.